0: Everyone, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Unstuck Podcast. I am super excited to welcome on Vanessa Blasic. Welcome. Thank you so much, Lisa. I am very excited to be here. You're welcome. You know, one of the reasons why I'm so excited that you're here today is because you deal with helping people entrepreneur like entrepreneurs. And helping people negotiate for a higher salary and to achieve financial freedom. And really, that's one of the primary messages is being profitable. Like that's what one of the primary messages that I have over, you know, this platform and everything. So I'm so excited that you're here with us today. And tell us a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited too to share some gems and some nuggets and get people engaged on this. So, thank you for the kind introduction, Lisa. Like you said, I'm Vanessa Blasic. I am a negotiation coach. I specifically help women. I help women entrepreneurs, people in small business, corporate, in the healthcare field, negotiate for higher salaries so that they can achieve financial freedom, right? What we're all looking for. So my focus is on working with women, but this podcast is going to be great for everybody because we're going to be diving deep into finding our value, unconscious beliefs, and really how can we raise our worth. So that's a little bit about me, and I am looking forward to getting started.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, it's you're clear on who you serve, but it's something that so many others can gain value from just by uncovering like the beliefs, the mindsets, and everything around negotiating for more. So, um, tell us a little bit about your story. I found our stories to be a little parallel which was cool that we met because we both started off in the medical field and then ended up getting the entrepreneur fever and kind of transitioning out of, you know, having that be the primary thing. So tell me a little bit about, you know, being a PA and kind of transitioning out of that at this point, you're in the midst of that process right now.
1: I am in the midst, and for anybody who doesn't know, a PA means physician assistant. So since a very young age, since 10 years old, I had this huge dream that I wanted to be a surgeon. Like it was just this massive in my head, I'm going to be a surgeon, whatever I do, I'll be a surgeon. And I remember I started telling people at a very young age, I wanted to be in medicine. I just really wanted to operate. Something just so fascinating about being in the operating room and having a scalpel and getting gloved up and gowned up. It was really exciting for me. And so I worked really hard my life. I, got into um, undergrad here in San Diego. That's where I live right now, San Diego. So University of San Diego, I was a pre-med. I had a bachelor's in biology. I was doing all the prerequisites. And even at that time, I would tell people like my dream, I'm going to be a surgeon. Right. And I've actually had people at that time say to me, are you sure you're not a CEO? Like, are you sure you're not an entrepreneur? And I would just brush it off and, no, I'm a surgeon. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And so I worked really hard and I ended up coming into paths with a PA, a physician assistant. In college, I had no idea what a PA was. It wasn't really promoted. We didn't have any clubs around it. My healthcare advisor didn't know anything about it. So it wasn't until I got out of college when I was working in San Diego for my clinical hours, I thought I was still going to go to med school. And I ended up meeting a PA and loved the route. And I thought, okay, I could still operate. I could still be like a surgeon. And so I pursued that career. It took me four years after my undergrad to actually get into grad school. And I went to USC up in LA and three years as a master's program, an extra year as a fellowship. So four years after those years off, I became my, you know, pedestal, a urological surgical PA. And it was been a couple of years now that I've been doing that. And in that whole time period, in the beginning, I was having so much growth, so much challenge, so much opportunity. And I was really loving it. It was really, you know, I was crafting my skill. I was really good at it. And then I started to feel kind of like, I'm on a hamster wheel. Like once I got really good at it, I just started to feel like the challenge and the growth was slowing down, everything was becoming automated. The goal was to see more patients, do more surgeries, and create a lot of revenue for the company. So that was like the high overarching goal. And the whole system, the healthcare system, is all based on like how can we make more profit? And I started to become a little incongruent with it. It wasn't really supporting me anymore. And I thought, okay, well, what can I do to grow? And for me, I thought, well, maybe I should go back and go to med school. You know, that was my original dream. I wanted to go to med school. So I actually worked really hard for a year applying to med school. Not a lot of PAs do this. And so I was busting my booty to get into med school thinking, well, what do I want? I want more flexibility. I want to create my own schedule. I want to make more money and I want to be challenged in my job a little bit more. So I thought that was the next logical step. And lo and behold, I was only pretty much like gunning for USC because I am a Trojan through and through. I love my Trojan fam. And the dean of the school called me one day. She actually called my cell phone and she decided to not let me in. And so that was heartbreaking, but it was a huge blessing, a huge blessing because I got to really reflect and evaluate, is this really the path I want to go down? Is this really what's going to get me to where I want to go? And I realized MD is probably not the path because I'll actually probably be working harder, working longer in med school, in residency, what I wanted to do was an extra 10 years of my life. And I probably won't actually have the freedom and I actually will still get capped in my finances. You know, my income's going to be capped at some point. And that's when I really started to think about a little bit more of the entrepreneur route. And it really sunk in when I had a friend bring me to a mastermind. It was the first time I went to a mastermind. I really wasn't into networking before, didn't know much about it. And I said, come to this mastermind. And I started meeting people who were CEOs of their company doing big things. They're still really young, yet they were accomplishing these huge goals in their own field. And I was just there all night going, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is who I'm supposed to become. Like this, this feels right. And right then and there on a weekend, I just had this gut feeling like this is going to be my life. How can I make it happen? Mm-hmm. And that by the Sunday night, I actually called up my boss and I let him know that I'd be leaving. Wow. And I gave him a deadline and I just said, I'm putting my back up against the wall and we're running with it.
0: That is so good. Um, there's a couple things that I want to highlight. and. Really, it's like the closed door. You ended up viewing it as your biggest opportunity. Like the dean called you, you were heartbroken at first. So it's that initial sting of a no. It's the closed door. And so many of us focus on the closed door. And like at the time of recording this, we're in a huge area that a lot of people are going to have closed doors. And so... My invitation is how you view that closed door. How is that happening for you? Um, years ago, I had a friend of mine who got let go from a really high position in the fitness industry. You know, he was managing um, one of the biggest locations. And I said, Text me when you get home. And he said, Okay. And I said, Okay. Close your office door. I want you to be in the hallway side of the office door, and I want you to stand outside the door. And um he he messaged me and I said, How many doors in the house are there? And he's like, Well, I don't know, maybe like seven or eight. And I was like, Which one are you focused on? And it was the one he was standing outside of that was closed. So if we keep looking at that one that's closed. Then sometimes that becomes our only focus. And it sounds like in this circumstance, you're like, what else can I do? Okay. And you serendipitously got invited to this other mastermind and it opened up a window for something else, you know, and it became your inspiration to entrepreneurship. And a lot of times, I feel like even if you go down that medical route, then a lot of times you don't know entrepreneurship as an option because people don't cover that in schools as much or offer it as an option. You know, guidance counselors aren't like, "Oh, would you like to go be an entrepreneur today?" Because like you figure it out as you jump out of a plane. <laughs> so um, it's very admirable your story of like having a dream since you were ten years old and having that programmed in your mindset of what you were going to do and you achieved it and you still said, this isn't enough because I don't feel fulfilled. And a lot of people get stuck in that area of, I feel like I should do this because, so fill in the blanks. I feel like I should do this because I have enough school loans. I feel like I should do this because my family's telling me I should. I feel like I'm too far down this rabbit hole to change over. And when in reality you can change that at any time. So it was so good. Um so in this time frame, I'm assuming that you negotiated something higher for yourself.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And going back really quick to what you were saying, because this is really big. I actually think this is this is a, a really big opportunity to speak on this idea of feeling like you're stuck, feeling like you're stuck in a position because you worked so hard to get there or because you feel like you're in too deep right? Even for me, I still have those student loans. And I worked so stinking hard. I mean, four years in undergrad, four years to get into grad, got into grad, four years in grad school, over $300,000 of student loan debt, which is like mind boggling. And then for me to say, it's going to work out. I trust. I trust in the universe. I trust in God. I trust in myself. I believe in myself. It's going to work out. Like some way, somehow this will happen. And Unfortunately, there are people who they they may not, you know, it's really hard to see when you're in it. And like even when I got that phone call, when you're in it, it's so hard to see the other options. It's so hard to see the big picture and take a step back. And then just like knowing, just knowing, just being able to tell yourself there are gonna be other options, this is gonna work out. It actually works out even better than I ever planned because the universe has our back. The universe is always making sure that their plan is greater than ours. And we just need to kind of trust in it and have that faith. So what I did wasn't irrational or erratic. It was, I had full faith and congruent with, okay, this served me. That whole time was not a waste. You know, everything that anyone's been through to getting to where they are, it's not a waste in any means. It's not something you regret or something like, I just, you know, time, I just waste all that time. I waste all that money. I actually set you up for the perfect spot to where you are now in order for you to move forward. So you needed all that experience. You needed everything leading up to it and now you are where you're at and now you're ready. Now you're ready to go on to the next, further your journey to become bigger, become better.
0: Yeah. I love that. And it's, you know, piggybacking off of that. It's like all of those lessons, if you hadn't have gone through those things and learned those lessons then you would not be in a position of pivoting.
1: Yeah, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So in the negotiation, going back to your last question, I didn't forget it. So funny thing is, I wasn't always good at negotiating, right? I feel like this is something we are also not taught in school. And along with budgeting, finances, and taxes, somehow that got missed. Negotiation and salary and contract, that really got missed. Even in my graduate school program, we didn't get any training on it. So the first time I tried to negotiate was actually back in college. And this was to from go to a hostess to a waitress in a restaurant. I remember the first time I actually tried to negotiate, sit down with a boss, say, we need to have a meeting. I'm ready to become a waitress. That did not go over so well. He actually said, let's hold off and think about it in six months, like those terrible words. Let's think about it later. (laughs) And I actually ran out of that meeting crying. I was so nervous. I was shaking. I cried and cried because I couldn't believe I was going up to this big head honcho boss man who's determining my fate. And here I am like pleading. I want to be a waitress because I want to make extra money and it didn't go over well. So that didn't work out. Eventually, I was able to show over time, yes, I'm ready. Let's do this. He, he upgraded me to be a waitress. And then coming out of grad school, the first time I was looking for a job, I was applying for my jobs like crazy. I was really determined. I lived in LA for four years for the grad school. And if you've been in LA, sometimes you get to the point where you're ready to move out of LA. because there's a lot going on there. And I'm from San Diego, like I said. So I was working my booty off to get back to San Diego. That's where my family is. And I remember the first time one of the jobs that I was going for, it sticks with me very distinctly, is a job that they really wanted me. Like they were gunning for me really hard. And they actually even proposed that I write up my dream contract. Like, oh, go ahead and write up your dream contract. And I thought, what? I just hit the jackpot. Name like, it. did I really just manifest that? Like, I get to write up my dream contract? Like, you go. Like, you go. That's amazing. Yeah. So, like, here I am, you know, coming out of school, not really knowing much about salaries negotiation. I'm looking at and you do this in any job, like, well, what's everyone else getting paid? And what's, like, a reasonable pay? And, like, what should I be asking for? And not really having much direction. I wrote down what I thought was very reasonable, which was $130,000 a year. And I was like, that's a, giving me for a steal. Like, this is, this is a steal, right? Um, and wrote back, got a response, and it, it said it was actually pages long. It was several pages long. In summary, there was a very distinct line I'll always remember. It said, like, "How immature are you?" It's ludicrous for you to ask for such a salary. What and job offer was then taken off the table?
0: Oh,
1: and I was just like thrown off my stool. Like, what the hell just happened? Right. I was not expecting that. And that's when I really started to understand knowing your value, how, how to negotiate your value Mm -hmm. and how to really like leverage yourself and get the pay you want and you, what you deserve. And it took, it took some practice. It took some time. It took reading, it took going to seminars, having coaches, really a lot of it is all those unconscious beliefs, which I know we're going to get into. And over time I was able to ramp up my salary. So And I was doing it very quickly. I wasn't waiting for that one year evaluation or even the six months evaluation. Sometimes I do it every three months and because I knew what I needed to do. I wanted to pay off my student loans. I want to buy a house. I want to live in San Diego where it's very expensive. I want to go on vacations. I had all these dreams. So I know I need to get above and beyond. And throughout the couple of years, I was able to do just that and basically blow out any PA salary out of water. I went from, so my first job that I gave me actually 115. So I got 115. I didn't go with that person <laughs> because that job was off the table. But I went with someone else. And 115, and then I quickly negotiated up, up to 150. And then from 150 to 180. And then from 180, I went to 230. And then from 230, I made almost 280. Yeah, that's so-
0: definitely way above PAs in the industry. Like I've been in this industry for a long time. And that's... You know, even further than like the radiologist pay that, you know, I work with and stuff like that. So, yeah, you'll have to tell us the goods on, you know, how you were able to negotiate that and express more value for the same type of thing that you were doing, for one thing. But also, I want to highlight that you didn't take that initial quote unquote rejection as to be that it was not your worth. And a lot of people would, I think a lot of people would be like, oh my God, like if I ask for that again, heaven forbid, like the door is shut on me again because I actually asked for it. Like, so it's the perception of how that was received. Was it someone telling you, you weren't worth that? No, they just didn't have that value assigned to that position. And that wasn't the right job for you
1: right exactly and thank you for pointing that out it is all about the perception and like the other scenario when you're in the moment it does it it's really hard to see anything else and to feel and yes i was you know a human i felt down i did feel that wow like what am i worth and what do i deserve and i feel like i am worth so much more and i feel like i deserve this and i know my value and i know like how good i am like I am freaking good at what I do. I should absolutely getting be getting this pay, and then for someone to tell me, basically, have you lost your shit? Are you on your mind? I'm not giving you that. Was like I'm like, who's the crazy one here? Like, no, like, am I the crazy one? I'm not the crazy one. They're the crazy one, right? And I'd be like asking everyone, like, right? I'm not the crazy one. Right. And you know, so it didn't happen right away. It did happen within a couple days through weeks to weeks to really realize, okay, that's clearly not the person I want to be working with or the job, because even if I do learn to show them my value, they may not ever appreciate it. And above money for me is being in a job, working with people who appreciate me, Yeah, being appreciated more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Needing that affirmation. And, you
0: know, it relates back, like we've heard of the love, love languages and everything like that. It's like, how do you feel valued? And of course, a monetary response is is wonderful, but if you are going to some place that even pays you the most and you don't feel appreciated, then you have a different mindset going into it. You're having to make yourself go versus if someone is articulating how much they appreciate you and why, then it really encourages you and inspires you to do better things.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's something I I teach about with my clients now is money is not everything. It's great. I love money. I love negotiating for money. I love teaching others how to negotiate for money. I all believe there's a total abundance of money. If you are in a job that's not fulfilling the other areas that really create a higher quality of life for you then we really need to consider, is the money really worth it? Like, is the money really worth working those extremely long hours, being away from your family, causing you to live an unhealthy lifestyle and, you know, shorten years on your life and not be able to take those vacations, not be able to ever turn things off, turn your phone off, getting called in the middle of the night. Is it really worth it? And so that's something, you know, you really have to kind of work with and find out.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. And um I can almost hear the question of the person that's listening to this, and they're like, okay, wait, can you you like rewind the tape and go back to when you were making 150000 dollars and you went to 280 WTF, like how did you do it? Like like I hear this question mark over their head, like, wait, can rewind like go back. (laughs) So uh, for you listening, I hear you. (laughs) And I'm going to ask it. (laughs) How did you do that? What did you say? Like, tell
1: us all the things. Good. So I can't tell you exactly what I said to them. I don't know if I can remember exactly. I do remember the last time I negotiated though. I do remember just being extremely And we'll talk about how I got there, but I was finally very confident in who I was and what I was bringing to the table and what I was really valued, what I was worth for the company. And when I was able to speak from that place of power, and I said this price that honestly... I told my physician afterwards, another physician I work with, and he was like, you know you make more money than me now. Like, I I was just like, okay, we need to get you a pay raise now. (laughs) Like, (laughs) we need to get you a pay raise now because that's a little bit of, you know, that's a little absurd. But the response back, the way I was able to really bring it forward and create this kind of persona in me and able to actually negotiate it the response I got back was so fulfilling. They said, they said, if you are truly worth this much money, then you should never settle. Mm -hmm. And I believe that you are worth this, so you're not gonna settle. And I'm gonna pay you it. Wow. And that was like chills, you know, goosebumps on the arms, I couldn't believe it. They're telling me I should never settle and I'm worth it. Like that's, that is like music to anyone's ears. Right. So powerful. So powerful.
0: Yeah. It 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 definitely like all of the work that you had done. So I kind of want to get into that a little bit more. Like a lot of people do struggle with confidence. A lot of people do struggle with knowing their value. So And a lot of times it so relates back to unconscious patterning and unconscious beliefs and everything. Let's talk about like where those beliefs come from. Uh, How did you go through a process of uncovering those and releasing them prior to being able to stand in who you are and stand in your value enough to articulate it to another human who then agreed with you?
1: Okay. Okay. We'll need to break this down. So, first, let's go through the unconscious beliefs and knowing our value. So, thoughts create our reality. What we think is what we become. Thoughts can be conscious or unconscious. And the way we do things is directly related to how we think about things. So getting rich is basically a byproduct of the way we feel inside and how we're thinking. You know, making money, um, getting a salary increase, negotiating, or even if you're an entrepreneur or another coach, it's exactly how you're thinking and how you're feeling. And so a lot of it is unconscious beliefs that we're not even aware of going on in the background. So a little thing I like to talk about analogy here, it's called the Windows 95 app. So imagine you have your computer and on the computer you have a little app and it's to bring up Windows 95. Now if you're listening to this podcast, it's 2020. So Windows 95 was a long time ago. That system ain't gonna work too well. It's slow, it's cloggy, it has all those old beliefs The beliefs I'm talking about are those negative money mindset beliefs. So I'm not worth it. I don't deserve it. Money is hard to get. I have to work really hard for money. Um, Money doesn't grow on trees. Money is in scarcity. Money doesn't come to me. Money's for those who are lucky. Uh, Rich people are greedy. All these old unconscious beliefs that we might not even know are going on in the background. Mm -hmm. And so what we're doing is all those little beliefs are hanging out in this application on our computer and it's just running in the background and we keep clicking on it and it keeps running and we keep clicking on it and it keeps running. And in real life, we're thinking, what the fuck is going on? I want to make money. (laughs) I want to buy that house. I want to be rich. I want to go on a vacation. What, why is this not working? Like where, where is the disconnect? Yeah, where, why does it work for others? Why does it work for others? Where like what's what's preventing this from happening? Like where are my clients? Why don't I have clients? Nobody's showing up. Like no one's paying me, right? And you you have all these I don't get it. I don't understand. And even though you're telling yourself, I want to make money and I want all these amazing things, I want financial freedom, you keep finding a way to basically self-sabotage it because your old programming is actually running in the background. Mm-hmm. With these old beliefs, yeah. and they're inhibiting you from actually living out that life, and so what you need to do is step number one, we need to uninstall the old software, so that 's discreating the old beliefs now there's many ways that you can discreate old beliefs, and if you 've never done it before, honestly. I've used a lot of coaches I need a coach for this I need a mentor for this someone to really walk me through it and it can be anything from inner child work um, that's usually one of the biggest ones we inherit a lot of these old beliefs from our parents and grandparents they kind of stick to us at a very young age without us even knowing it and we start to live our life out that way so it takes some inner work and if you're not used to doing the inner work then it's best to have somebody really guide you and show you. Now, there's other techniques that my mentors have done with me as well. And once you start becoming aware, you can start to realize that there are things running in the background. So awareness is, you know, basic fundamentals, and that can come in various ways, like meditation, meditation, It's gonna help you increase your awareness, increase the thoughts, be able to start to pick up on what's going on in there. When am I really, where did that come from? Do I really think that? Do I really feel that? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's inhibiting me. Okay, we need to just create that. And so using some kind of coach or mentor, or if you've got to the place where you can just create your own beliefs, then you'll just create them. And then, when you just create something, it's going to be an empty vessel, an empty space. So, we got to refill it with a new, empowering money mindset belief. Mm
0: -hmm. New installation of moving towards what you want, moving towards a belief that is resourceful. Because a lot of us do have those unresourceful thoughts and beliefs and behaviors and things like that, that we really aren't aware of it going on in the processor in our head. And it is, you know, passed down from generation to generation, generation. And, you know, the people that taught you that aren't really at fault, quote unquote, like they're doing the best that they can with the resources that they have. So the good news is that the cycle can break with you because you're now creating awareness and you know choosing to reprogram yourself in a way that is more resourceful for what you want
1: yeah so that's that's exactly exactly right and now i'm hearing questions like you're hearing questions okay give me a little bit more <laughs> Give me a little bit more. Come on, talk a little bit more. I need some more logical. I need some more emotional. How did you really do it? And so I, I kind of break it up into two ways. There's a logical, kind of very strategic tactics and there's an emotional, like how do I emotionally just step into a persona? How do I build that confidence? How do I kind of create this being in order to even ask for so much money. Like that's one of the biggest things for people is they, one of the biggest things I hear, especially with women is like, I don't feel comfortable asking for money. Mm -hmm. I feel awkward. It makes me super nervous. I get sick to my stomach. And so I like to play off that as more like the emotional aspect. Yeah. So two different ways we can go into it. So emotional, like I said, there's definitely some tricks there. Um, I can talk specifically on things like building a persona and building the confidence. So in the beginning, you don't have confidence. I was going to say this, you don't have confidence, yeah. but you just need to have courage. Mm-hmm. When you have courage and you can show up and start to actually put yourself out there and start, you'll build the confidence over time. Mm-hmm. So it all takes courage. And There's going to be a lot of fear that comes up and it's going to be just you breaking through that fear and bypassing it and having the courage. Mm -hmm. And so since you have courage, but you don't have the confidence. One of the ways that I like to kind of bypass it is basically take on a persona that has a lot of confidence. So for me, like a super simple exercise for the listeners would be to meditate and Before you do that, you can write down all the things that you want to quote unquote be, like when you go to ask for a certain amount of money, even if you're an entrepreneur or coach or going for a salary, like what kind of qualities do you want to show up as and be? And that could be like, I just want to be really, really confident. I want to be standing proud. I want to know, I want to have words just flow from my mouth like a river. And it's going to be so eloquent and I'll be graceful. And I'll just feel this sense of empowerment and, you know, all these things. You can write it all out. Like, how do you want to feel and how you want to be? And and then I bring that into a meditation where, you really start to embody that and you go into okay how would it feel like let's just pretend here let me imagine how would it feel to be confident how would it feel to be empowered how would it feel to not have this fear holding me back how do I feel and you can take on this persona and then there's two different ways you can do it um I believe it's Tony Robbins who says like, you name it, like you give it a name, right? I like to give it an outfit. So <laughs> it's a little more fun, especially for females. We love clothes, right? We love outfits. Okay. So I'll, I'll imagine like, you can imagine a mirror in front of you and like, how would I look? What would I be wearing mm-hmm. when I feel this? And when I'm embodying these virtues, and you just paint this picture of, of what it looks like. And this is, you know, this is a very, the very emotional kind of female generated energy doing this. And you come up with this outfit. And then when you need to tap into that, tap into those virtues and that, you know, embody that kind of persona that you created In your mind, like I put on that outfit. And I put, and I just, and I'm wearing it and it, it just instills in me, it's like an anchor yeah. almost. Kind of like an NLP to anchor you, it's almost the same thing,
0: yeah. And it's using um, we have like visual and auditory and you know, feeling space that we can tap into. And each person has a strong suit of what they relate to better. I'm visual, I don't know, do you know what yours is? Are you like auditory or more feeling space? But um, the listener, like you probably know how you learn the best. Is it, is it visually or do you learn better hearing it or something like that? So it's it's really tapping into what you already know about yourself of what would work the best in this type of exercise. And, um, it was very effective. I was in this coaching group and one of the mottos is be, do, and have. So it's using that same, like, you know, identifying like who you want to be, meaning you don't already have to be there yet, but who do you want to be? And what would you have to do in order to be able to have that? So it's identifying those things, who you want to be, what would you have to do? So those are action steps, and um, you can end up tapping into, like you said, Vanessa, just a visualization exercise, a meditation exercise, and it just takes moments a day, really, to tap into this future version of yourself. And you know how does it how does it look, feel, sound when you are that person that you want to become? And you can, um, just head towards that because you're already being that in some forms, like in the, in your mindset, you're already becoming that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's a really great point. So what I want to emphasize there is it sounds like we're really future pacing and future projecting and saying what you're going to become. What I want to hit on is you already are all of those things. You have everything you need inside of you now. So, you already are a beautiful, confident, empowered, eloquent, graceful being. It's just knowing how to bring that out and and be that and live that. Like, you were actually born that way. You're absolutely perfect and you embody everything, all the truth, all the love. It's just knowing how to, you know, actually live that out in our daily lives. And one of the ways we can do that is really, you know, if it's unfamiliar for us, if it's, I don't know, this feels uncomfortable. I've never done this before really. And like starting to be into it, you know, is what we're talking about, the visualizations or auditory and those things.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, What would you suggest for someone that is trying to find out their worth or trying to find out their value and, you know, they're practicing being more confident. There's demonstrating courage at first. How are they um, getting into that mindset of like, okay, this is what I should be
1: for a value? So this hits more on what I would call the logical. And there's some simple ways to tap into this. Now you can start, a lot of people start, you know, maybe knowing marketplace value, of course, things like that. You can see what's average. I don't love going off of averages because when you really step into who you are, you're not average. You are a powerful being, and therefore, I don't believe you should be getting paid average. You know, you shouldn't be charging average. Um, but it can give some people a good little like starting point, knowing what's what's especially if you're just starting out. Maybe what's reasonable, what's what's kind of everyone else charging and get a feel for it. A way to find your value in a very logical, like let's sit down, let's do an exercise about this, is what I call the features and benefits. Mm -hmm. So anybody who does sales or copy, they know all about benefits. They know all about speaking to benefits and selling based on benefits because that's what really hits home and that's really what we connect with. And I believe you can actually do this for anything and you can do this to help yourself kind of come up with a value and come up with a price. So say you're selling a service, it can help you come up with a price because now you're starting to realize, Oh wow, this is a really big deal. Like what I do is a really big deal. People really need this. This is actually priceless. And so I'll just give a, I'll give a couple examples so people can understand this. A very basic one would be a product. So say you sell an alarm clock. Now say the alarm clock is, I don't know, you know, $10. And one of the features of the alarm clock is it goes off in the morning and it wakes you up, right? So it's just like, okay, it's alarm clock, it wakes me up in the morning. Well, the benefit is, well, when you wake up in the morning and you get up on time, Then you get to work on time, you're not running late, you have your day already set and you're ready to go. Those first couple hours a day, you're most productive. Now you're more productive at work. Since you're more productive at work, you're more likely to get that promotion or a salary raise. And since you get that promotion, well, now you get to take your family to Bali that you've been wanting to do for the last five years. And now here you are, you know, adventuring in Bali and you have a deeper connection with your wife while you're in Bali because you're on these amazing adventures and your love grows deeper. And with your love growing deeper, you lessen your chances of having a divorce. And so like that alarm clock just went from, okay, it wakes me up on time to oh shit, I, I have a deeper relationship with my wife. <laughs> and you're like, that's that's worth a lot more than $10. Like that just uh, bumped up the price a little bit. Right. And so it's really easy. You know, we can do this for ourselves. We can do this for what we maybe provide, maybe our services we provide, or you can do it based on your traits. So I do, you know, a couple of different ways. If someone wants to do it on a service they provide and say, I don't know how valuable this is to maybe somebody else. Like, do people really want this? Is this really going to bring value to them? How much are they going to want to pay for this? Or how can I present it in a way that like, this is, this is actually really good. I should, I should be charging more for it. Doing the same thing, features and benefits. So so like for a coach, say one of your features is you are available via WhatsApp to your clients. You have a 24-hour business day response. That's like a feature. It's like, okay, like if you just pulled that out of the air you'd be like, oh, I'd value that at maybe like $100 a week. God, like, no, it's no idea. Right. Uh, $100 a week. That sounds fine. And then you start to go through the benefits of it and the sub-benefits of it. And you go through the fact that, oh, people have access to me. They can ask me questions throughout the week. They don't have to wait for my coaching call once a week. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So if they're not waiting for me and they get to, you know, shoot some questions my way, then they're going to be working through, say, if they're doing a course, well, now they're working through the course quicker. Since they can work through the course quicker, they're going to have transformations faster. With those transformations, their lives can be changing and they're going to be happier and with them being happier, they're gonna be living a more fulfilled life. And you can go through even each one of those and create a sub benefit. And then all of a sudden, your access on WhatsApp is like, well, that's worth a lot more than $100. <laughs> that is worth, yeah, you know, exactly you start to come up with prices. And the more you do it, the more your price will just naturally increase. So I'll sit down and I'll do this on an Excel spreadsheet and I'll do it for days at a time like just days at a time the spreadsheet will be just massive but by the end of it i'm like oh i was thinking about charging like you know if of uh, course i was gonna charge two thousand this is like five thousand like no this is this is good like this is really valuable like people are gonna really have so much value from this like this is phenomenal like what i provide is such an amazing service mm-hmm. and then you can start to actually Feel congruent with what you're charging. Yeah, I think that's
0: a good point. Is the inner congruency with it is because you did like days of work. Usually people just like throw a sticker on it and like, okay, that's it. And like, then even if objections come up, you know, they're having a hard time meeting those objections because they're. They themselves are not seeing the full-on value because they haven't like in depth gone into like what that would translate for someone, like what else would it would, it, you know, what pain would it avoid for someone? Um, where would it get them further in life? Like you made an alarm clock mean they weren't gonna get a divorce. So I mean <laughs> there's there's like a lot of difference there of just buying a ten dollar object or you know even for the person listening like your course or your services like your one to one coaching that should be your most valuable asset because you are your most valuable asset so it's really um unabashedly and unapologetically coming up with a resource of your pricing tree for what you do and what value you're going to be giving people. So that way, when you do have objections, you know, it's, it's easier to overcome those because you're able to tap into and articulate value.
1: Yeah. And it's not even the the client objections, it's the self-objection, right? We'll still continue, especially because it's a constant onion. We're constantly peeling back like old beliefs and things like that, but we'll have our own self-objection come up. And especially if, you know, there's a little bump of the road somewhere along the way, and maybe you're not selling as much as you want, you start discounting your prices, right? We all think, oh, okay, I'll just discount my prices. And maybe I don't, I I don't deserve all this, or maybe it's not this valuable and things that objection that's going to come up. You're going to be able to go, uh, no, remember, let's look at all these benefits and stuff. No, you are valued at this. Yes. This product is this amazing. Yes. Your services are, yes, you are that amazing. Mm -hmm. Stick with it. You know, your worth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is the inner objection. And a lot of times, um, the objections that we get from other people are our projection. Like we're projecting that lack of confidence onto them. So it, it is moving forward with courage, and just really standing in your new developed value of of what you're developing for yourself. And at the same time, it does take that inner game work of you know releasing what unconsciously might be the thing that's holding you back and running in that processor in the background
1: yeah absolutely
0: do you think people can do this type of work on their own
1: that's a great question so it depends everyone's at a really different place in their life and some of it is deep inner work especially if you're wanting to uncover old subconscious beliefs, sometimes it's a little hard to take ourselves there, especially in the very beginning. It can be scary and fears can come up. And if you're not used to kind of going deep into the subconscious, it can get a little, you know, blurry in there. And you're, you really don't know how to navigate it. So it can be really difficult, especially in the beginning when you're just starting off. So I, I would recommend having a coach or a mentor for that. When you start to understand the process and you have a whole bunch of different tools in your toolbox, especially if you have different mentors, you read different books, you take different classes, you're going to pick little nuggets from each and every one, things that are really in line for you and what work for you. And that's what matters. It's like what really works for you. And now you're going to have all these tools in your toolbox and you can then call upon that at any time. So when you've done some work, you can still kind of, you know, deviate a little bit and say, let me try this on my own. I mean, I've had a coach for God, um, I don't know, seven years now. I still do. And, and I honestly believe coaches need coaches, Olympians need trainers, like even the best, the best still have coaches because It's always great to have an outside perspective, a new look on things, a new, you know. They probably maybe read something new that then they can bring into the situation. So, you know, I do find a huge benefit in having coaches in that sense. Um, At the same time, in between my coaching calls, like I've had these tools where if I notice a thought or a pattern, something show up, I can I can address it. Now I know how to address it, and I can move through that on my own, and then have something else in the coaching call maybe to work through. So a little bit of both, but I definitely find a lot of value. I mean, even like working out at the gym, I still have a trainer, you know? I I, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've done so many different um lifting and Olympic lifting and all these things. And I've really trained super hard. It's like I still have a trainer and I have I have a coach, I have a nutritionist to help me with here and help me with that. And there's always just, it's a good support system and it's someone to really help kind of guide you and steer you in the right direction, and help you, you know, really step into that best version of yourself.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. Like, I think I've had the most monumental growth because of having coaches. Like, when I used to compete in fitness, I had a coach, or when I, you know, wanted to move into marketing and, you know, taking my business online, I had a coach. And when, you know, right now, like after having, you know, gotten certified in NLP and timeline therapy and hypnosis, like I have a, a coaching group. So it's like, a, you know, you're moving with these people, they're challenging you and that type of thing. So I do um agree with that sentiment on it's Is the amount that you can grow and get challenged and push forward where otherwise, you know, if you're left on your own with that, you're subject to your own motivation and will. I agree. Yeah, for sure. If they want to find you, how do they reach
1: out to you best? Yeah, absolutely. So on social media, you can absolutely message me anytime. So Vanessa Blazik, Instagram and Facebook, please reach out to me. I love connecting with new people. So if you ever find me on there, just let me know how you came across me so I can put two and two together. So Vanessa Blazik. And then my company is called Negotiate Your Worth. So www.negotiateyourworth.com. They can also get to me there. So thank you so much for that, Lisa.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I will link to everything in the show notes on the website and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It helps us to know exactly what you want to hear about and what topics and everything. And we're so thankful that you joined us today. So thanks for coming on. My pleasure.
1: Thank you, Lisa. All right. Until next time, guys. Bye-bye.
0: If you found this episode helpful, you should check out the powerful transformation work we do. It's where we remove limiting beliefs, patterns, and unconscious thoughts that are holding you back from achieving everything you want in life. To learn more, go to LisaRooney.com forward slash coach C-O-A-C-H.